Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon and welcome to the COB. Uh, it's great, Scuddy, to be with you. I haven't done this for a while. Yeah, it's been a while, mate, but uh, yeah, pleased to be back in the chair. So, today, God, what a difference a day makes, yeah, given yeah. where we were yesterday. Jekyll and Hyde. Everything is reversed. Chalk and cheese. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how to explain it. Uh, very volatile, uh, very schizophrenic. Uh, but as you said to one of our guests uh, during the program today, if you just uh, know, wandered in and looked at your portfolio after the first two uh, trading days of the week, yeah, just square. That's right. Assuming you didn't do anything. Uh, but it does beg the question, what next? Because I think pretty much everyone we've spoken to said, yes, just expect volatility. Yeah. Uh, having a bit of a chat and a bit of a rethink about I know, what was going on a decade or so ago when I was uh, I know, sitting in a dealing room and uh, I know, having to navigate this and trade uh, a bit of rates and FX along the way. And it just really feels like that uh, kind of post-GFC backdrop where you've been into uh, the recovery phase for a while. You started to go and see a bit of uh, divergence when it came to central bank policy. As soon as that started, we saw a lot of uh, market volatility. We saw a lot of cross-asset volatility creep in. Uh, As we get that going now, so we've seen the likes of the Bank of Canada. We're seeing the Bank of England, the RBNZ. And now the Fed is starting to signal that uh, maybe a bit of withdrawal of those liquidity measures that might be in the works coming down the pipeline. Uh, I suspect that uh, what we saw yesterday, probably not to the same magnitude, but lots of volatility, which is a good mm. thing because it's going to create lots of opportunities. Yeah, trading opportunities there uh, off that back of that volatility. Currency-wise, that's looking a little more stable because we do know essentially the Aussie is going to remain under pressure uh, given where the US dollar is going at the moment. Yeah, for the time being, the Aussie's going to be capped. The one key thing is really holding it back is uh, is what's going on with interest rate differentials. So for a long period of time, Australia had much greater interest rate differentials than the rest of the world. Uh, the RBA being very dovish and ultra-cautious for the time being, that's been eroded away. And until that changes, the Aussie's going to have an impediment against uh, any further upside. And we do see increase in volatility. It doesn't generally like that backdrop as well. So given what I know the Fed's gone through, the hawkish pivot, even though they're trying to go walk it back as we speak, J-Pal, we know they're trying to go and do that tonight. Uh, I suspect the Aussie's going to be now probably a sell and rallies prospect for the time being. So equity-wise, interesting to see how you play this uh, value versus growth, defenses, defensives, uh, cyclicals. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to make a bet on it, isn't it, at this point? Yeah, and uh, look, a lot of people are talking about barbell strategies, so have like no bit of both or no just completely diversified. One of our guests today in the program was talking about the need to go and just put a lot of plays in to go and hedge against certain bets because it is so uncertain for the time being. Unless you've got a really high degree of certainty about anything, pile into that. But if you don't, be diversified. Well, uh, spoke to a number of uh, people today who have all mentioned energy. There is some certainty in that sector at the moment. We can just take a look at the uh, the oil price uh, pushing again higher to seventy five dollars 
a barrel. So that's obviously great news, particularly as far as those uh, Aussie producers are concerned. Yeah, making lots of money and uh, no, still very undervalued considering where spot prices sit at the moment. The one thing I keep banging on about, I wrote about it last week, is that supply constraint side. Now, particularly from the ESG angle, a lot of you know, new projects are unlikely going to take place. So it comes down to demand and supply. And as things sit right now, if, uh, if OPEC Plus can go and hold its nerve in the crude side of things, uh, we could go and see that backwardation of the uh, the crude curve go and uh, and flatten out a lot more and actually stay at elevated levels because right now I just don't think the market is really anticipating that uh, you know there's going to be that displacement. I reckon that you know, what we're seeing over the past uh, past year or two with OPEC Plus, they uh, they want to go and see prices continue to go high. Yeah, and, and Iran, uh, that's an interesting point too. Given we've just had the election there, um, so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out, the stance of the country. Obviously, those negotiations yet to play out with the states as far as uh, nuclear policy is concerned and whether they can open their taps. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not an expert in the, uh, the geopolitical space with, uh, with Iran, but uh, they, the, Iran's already under sanctions, including uh, this new gentleman who's been elected. So uh, how that goes and changes the story, well, it probably doesn't change the dial too much. It all comes down to uh, whether there can be some sort of uh, agreement reached on that uh, nuclear disarmament uh, and to go and have more peace in the Middle East. Uh, Lots of uh, water to go under bridge there, as you probably know firsthand. So, long energy. Yeah, that's certainly the strategy we heard from Heath Moss. I don't know whether you did you speak to him today? Yeah. Talking about. I think, weren't we permanently on the show today? Yeah, that's right. Long energy, short tech. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, he's uh, still on the cyclical camp, still adding to uh, to tech names, but he likes those abroad rather than here. So that's uh, that's one little caveat on that. But yeah, uh, energy is looking pretty good. He's also no uh, still likes the mining space uh, when it comes to uh, resources. Now, um, Scotty, of course, we're still seeing a lot of M&A activity at this point. A big one announced today, just as far as uh, Washington Eight Soul Pets uh, snapping up Milton Corp. Yeah. Martin Crab from Strong Partners, we are last guest in the program today. Uh, yeah, he was uh, you know, looking at the deal and just thinking, well, it's, uh, they're paying a big premium for Milton uh, to go and get scale. Uh, will they be able to go and extract the synergies that are required? He wasn't, uh, wasn't entirely convinced, it didn't sound like. But uh, yeah, I don't think, look at uh, Washington Age Cell Pat's history. It uh, tells you immediately that it's a pretty well-run company. So if anyone can do it, they're likely to go and do it. But yeah, uh, look, credit some more M&A activity on the market. It seems to be a familiar thing and long may it continue. Well, in fact, we spoke to the company themselves uh, today. The chief executive essentially saying the strategy was they, they want a greater diversity. They want to look at different asset classes. And this is what Milton brings to the company. There we go. Well... Plus, as well as looking at uh, potential uh, overseas assets as well. It's all about that diversity play. In fact, Washington 8 Soul Pats was our stock of the day. And, uh, in fact, we had uh, Andrew Page hosting uh, the call today. And he was joined by Robert Corlett from Macro Capital and Mark Morland from Team Invest. Let's listen to their take on Washington 8 Soul Pats. It's a fantastic business, founder-led, so I've got a lot of confidence in them. Price-wise, it's a bit difficult because they they had a massive uh, jump because of the, I think it was to do with the TPG um, sales, so their their earnings have sort of rocketed up, and they're usually very, very stable uh, at a a fairly modest growth rate, um, which is is fine, Um, and uh, it's difficult to say how good this acquisition is because the performance of that company is pretty poor. So um, that doesn't mean it's not a good deal. Right. Uh, I just know nothing about it. Yes. Okay, Robert. But I have a lot of confidence in the management. They, they make the right decision. For, for a long, long time, many, many years, uh, they've shown to be able to grow the business, reward shareholders, you know, be the stewards for the, for the um, other shareholders. So it, it, 
I'm gonna, at this stage, I'm going to say it's okay. Yep. That being said, uh, there are some red flags that typically you look for uh, in a takeover, which we are seeing here. So number one, uh, when a company uses script to mm. pay, um, sometimes that's an indication that the management feel that their share prices are at pretty lofty levels and maybe not sustainable uh, in the short to medium term. I wouldn't go out and buy Sol Pattinson right now on the back of it, mm-hmm. um, but if I held it, I'd, I'd be happy just to see how it plays out. Fantastic company, fully priced though, so uh, doesn't go into the portfolio. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this uh, this acquisition goes and what it can potentially lead to. Overseas, always we're going to get people's ears you know, pricked up. Uh, a lot of Australian companies have attempted to do that over the years and a lot of them unsuccessfully. Yeah, so maybe sit back for a while, take a look, see how it travels. Do you now, want a really, really funny story about that as well? Oh, so, go so, on. So, so Andrew Page uh, comes in and like, I used to work with Page, so I'm sure yeah. he would have no problem with this. And um, rather than going and sitting to the host chair, he went and started getting himself set up <laughs> to go and uh, be one of the guests. So I said, mate, you're sitting in the seat here. And he's like, oh, damn. So it was quite funny to go and start off the, uh, the, the, uh, the call today. It's funny because I spoke to him too before he came and he said, oh, I'm looking forward to this. I don't have to do any of the work. I just listen to these guys. Yeah, he, was, he was so keen. He was going to go and do uh, <laughs> maybe a three-way. Anyway. Hey, now, Scotty, a really special day here at Ausbiz because we had the small caps, big ideas uh, seminar here where we heard from uh, 10 uh, small caps and essentially why some fundies really like them. It was a great initiative. Um, some real nuggets in there too. Yeah, really great initiatives. I, I was very busy during the course of the day, but I also had the pleasure of sitting in and listening to uh, Eleanor Swanson from Firetrail going to discuss Airtasker with Tim Fung, the company's chief executive. And uh, really interesting, I know that acquisition, the, uh, no, uh, the company that made the offer for in the United States, uh, Zali, uh, just the plans of that and uh, how to get new customers on the platform and how to keep them coming back and uh, fascinating insights. So that's just a little tidbit to what we're seeing for the other nine companies out there. Yeah, do you do yourselves a favour and, and head to the uh, the Ausbiz uh, website. You can click on the tabs there. You can check it out. Really worthwhile and uh, you know take your choice. Uh, Tend to choose from there. Uh, you're bound to find one that you like. Yeah, well, it's all about finding ideas in this environment. Uh, it's a challenging investment environment. So here's the opportunity. All right, so Scotty. Uh, as we said at the beginning there, it is a little uncertain where we're heading at the moment. Of course, a lot of this has been driven by the utterances coming from the Fed. And goodness gracious, we've got a few this week. Yeah, 16 Fed speeches. So we've had a, a couple overnight. It's going to ramp up tonight. Uh, Jay Powell is going to go in a headline act. Uh, I suspect they're going to walk back some of the, uh, the hawkish language that was, uh, or the hawkish views, I should say, uh, that have come out of that, uh, that Fed meeting. Particularly well, what, so the you dots. think they're looking at the market reaction they've seen and think, well, okay, let's dial it back now. 100%. Right. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. They'll walk it back. Uh, markets will cheer for a couple of days. Then it'll be back to the other uh, status quo. Then you'll start hearing seeing some more divergence on the board again, and we'll go down the same path. But it'll become more frequent, and uh, it'll come down to the data. So the next data points that we're really paying close attention to will probably be the payrolls report out uh, early next month. That will go and give some insight as to what's going on with those uh, jobless claims, enhanced payments, and what impact it's having when it comes to labour supply. And if that gives some sort of indication, we'll get a much better timeline as to uh, when the Fed is likely to go and tighten when it comes to that QE program. But maybe this was the plan in that they want to avoid a shock when it does come, when the tapering comes, when the rate rises come. Yeah, I I remember probably not the exact same conversations being had back uh, in sort of uh, 2012, uh, early 2013, but the tapering had been discussed by Fed members 
prior to when uh, Ben Bernanke famously dropped in front of a, a congressional uh, testimony and the markets went and fell out of bed. So uh, it's, uh, it's all fine and dandy until it ain't. And um, I suspect that when the, uh, the announcement comes, uh, we'll see some pretty big repricing. All right. Well, Scotty, we'll uh, have a listen to what they have to say overnight. We'll analyse that tomorrow morning. Which way the market's going to go? Uh, dead flat. Caught it here first. <laughs> <laughs> we've had down, we've had up. You heard it first. Hey, uh, great to have a chat about uh, the day's play, and we'll open it again tomorrow. Yeah, cheers, mate. Good chat. We'll see you tomorrow. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.